Welcome to Thoroughly Wrong, and now your hosts, Francisco and Rob. Take it away, guys. All right, welcome to the Thoroughly Wrong Project. I'm Robert and Francisco, and today we have a guest, another Robert. So what we're going to do here is uh, I'm going to explain something. I became Robert when I came to work for uh, the county, and uh, my name is actually Bobby, but you can call me Bob. So in this podcast, it's Bob and Francisco and Robert, and I'll be the Bob. Is that cool with you guys? That's cool. That's funny because when I was named Robert, my dad, uh, it, there was a condition that I could never be called Bob because uh, <laughs> he said that you can't take a man named Bob seriously. <laughs> All right. Bob Newhart. And, you know, yeah, okay. no, I think he was joking, but, you know, I don't know what that was about. So, so everything uh, Bob says in this episode, just ignore it completely. Yeah. yeah. Seriously. You know, I'm thoroughly wrong anyway. Who gives a fuck? Could be thoroughly wrong. <laughs> What's up, guys? Not much. Nothing much. Super Bowl weekend. You ready? Uh, yeah, I've been ready. You've been ready. Couldn't be more ready to see Brady go down. <laughs> I feel like people say that every year. Yeah, they do. You know, it just goes to show that he's kind of there every year. So I'm fine with that. Yeah, he's definitely the man. Oh, man. I read that he had one of the best years he's ever had. You know, with his yeah, yeah, it's, it's one of his best. Um, and, I mean, that's just mostly due to, I would say, the team around him. He has a really good team around him this year. Yeah. Compared, uh, to the last few years in, in New England, this yeah. team like, star-studded, you know, defense and offense. <laughs> yeah, Gronk. I I saw that thing where Gronk is shit. He, he finally admitted to faking all of his workouts. <laughs> I, I think I remember one of our coworkers, uh, their son did that too. No, for their PE class, <laughs> they had my, like they had daughter, does it. workouts, so. and then they just did them all in one day and sent them out throughout. Sent them all throughout the week. Yeah, my daughter does that. Smart. <laughs> Smart. Kind of like how we do our notes, right? <laughs> I did not say that, dude. <laughs> well, one of the Roberts said it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, Bob didn't say it. His, but my note, my notes don't count. We don't get paid for that shit. It's all good. I'm just, I'm just doing good deeds. You know, that's that's my job. That's right. So listen, for the game? do what? Are you guys going to do anything for the game? Yeah, I'm going to have a bunch of people over and we're not going to wear masks and um, we're going to scream and yell in each other's faces. <laughs> Good. <laughs> no, I don't do anything for I, it. It's just a game to me. I mean, I don't get excited about the playoffs or especially since the Steelers kind of fucking flaked on me this year, but Whatever. Whatever. Yeah, you should I'm try really... being a Raider fan. It's tough. <laughs> no. You're a Raider fan, Robert? Say what? You're a Raider fan? Oh, man. Hardcore my whole life. I could definitely see why you're going against the Bucks then. <laughs> yeah, man. The tuck rule changed everything. The whole trajectory of the Raiders organization changed that day. Not, that, not just that, but also the next year they took your coach and then – and beat they beat us, us. yeah. <laughs> yep. Like the the marriage of the two people you hate the most, the Bucks and Tom Brady. That was crazy Al Davis's fault, man. He wouldn't pay Gruden. So Gruden goes to the Bucks. Yeah, and that's why I hate the Bucks too. Yeah. So it's just <laughs> Yeah, it's not just a game, man. It's uh it's interesting with sports. Like uh, I feel like everybody needs these heroes and we really place these people on pedestals. And when I, when I think about it, I think it's ridiculous, but I can't help um, doing it anyway, you know? Yeah. I think a lot of people like that, but I think it's because people use sports as kind of an outlet, you know? Yeah. To just get away from, you know, whatever's bothering them or troubling them in their life. Yeah, absolutely. and then it's also very like um, 
you know, usually, you know, for, I mean, maybe not this year, but usually for like big games or like Super Bowl parties, you know, it's a way of people, you know, coming together and like friends, family, that, you know, relationship bonding, I guess. Yeah. It's almost a holiday. Yeah. It's part of like American culture now. And I would say worldwide culture because I mean, sports is huge everywhere else, you know. God bless America, man. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is it sports? Is it sports is huge or sports are huge? I mean, come on. Which uh, one is it? Well, football's huge in America, but grammatically speaking, um, I don't know. Maybe they're both correct. I don't know. My wife's an English teacher, and we fight about that one all the time. I don't know. I think it's sports is one thing. So it's a singularity. So sports is huge, but sports isn't a singularity. We're talking about a multitude or range of things. So it's a plurality. Sports are huge. Uh, who cares? That's, what, that's why I hated English class. I, it, so. I think sports is huge is correct. But if you said all sports, you'd ha- all sports are huge. <laughs> sports is huge. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure it works both ways. <laughs> Especially in America where nobody gives a shit no, about grammar. No, man. We don't, we don't have to know. My mama learned me how to read already. <laughs> well, it are good. There you go. <laughs> Listen, I'm not, I'm not doing I, – I, I hate to be the buzzkill here, but what the hell is it about sports that everybody goes – fucking crazy you get in fist fights about it some people have been killed in the fights and you know it's just a game to me it's like it's entertaining i get it but i'm not gonna you know i'm not gonna go out and beat somebody up because i like pulp fiction okay it's just a movie well usually when you have big sports gatherings there's usually also alcohol involved so i think that has a big (laughs) that is a good point I, one of our coworkers, uh, he recently told me that he almost got in a fight a few weekends ago because uh, his boy Connor McGregor lost. Oh and yeah! Some dude, some dude started telling him, you know, Connor fucking sucks, and he was ready to square up with the guy right there. Really? So later on, you're going to have to tell me who that is because I also think Connor McGregor sucks. <laughs> He's definitely an asshole. Well, I don't mind. It is it is uh, mixed martial arts. It is the MMA. So you have some people in there that are definitely flamboyantly. Their personalities are definitely flamboyant. And when he could back up his shit, that was entertaining. But now he, you know, comes waltzing in there and just gets fucking choked out. And it's like, shut up, Conor McGregor. You're done. Yep. You 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 had your time. It's time to move on. Go sell your whiskey, man. We're tired of looking at you. Well, part of me thinks he. A lot of fighters, especially in fighting, they kind of have to do stuff like that to kind of just stand out, you know, because if, yeah. if you're like a really good fighter and you just go in there, don't say anything, you know, even if you win all your fights, like, you know, that's cool and all. But people like, you know, that cockiness, that, you know, that loud mouth, like it sells and Connor, like he knows that. So he, he kind of milks it, you know. Yeah, he's building his brand. Exactly. So. But it's refreshing when they don't do that. Like we were talking about the Patriots a minute ago. And I think one of the reasons a lot of people fell in love with them was there was a period of time where like they didn't even do end zone celebrations. They were like, it's we're about our business. And um, it was just kind of refreshing to see, you know, um, what somebody was saying, don't start jumping around in the end zone. Just act like you've been there before, you know, and. It's just like a subtle high five. Let's get back to work. And I think everybody really liked that, you know, like um, just just kind of just being about the business of winning. So I'd love to see a fighter do that. But that's just me. For me personally, I don't really mind all the celebration just because I feel like at the end of the game is I mean, at the end of the day, it's just a game, you know, like, yeah, these it's their job. And these guys are getting paid millions of dollars, but they're playing a game like you're supposed to get excited over winning you know especially at that high of a level in the pros it's like the same thing in baseball like a lot of people always shit on players in baseball if they bat flip or if you know they celebrate and stuff like that like the unwritten rules of baseball yeah yeah me it's just like just let them play it's a yeah it ain't golf you know get a birdie and do a backflip people will be like what the fuck are you doing man (laughs) 
<laughs> That'd be awesome. I don't see anything wrong with letting some emotion out every now and then. Evander Holyfield was uh he was a fighter that it was very reserved. Yeah. He went in and he got got it done and you know, then he, he was quietly he's quietly thankful after the fights. But he got his ear bitten off by Tyson yeah, for being yeah. well, both ears actually. So that's about the most excited I ever saw him. He was like shaking his fists and yelling yeah. at the ref, like, "What the hell? <laughs> this fool just bit my ear off." <laughs> I remember that day. That was awesome, man. Yeah, that was wild. That was the downfall of Mike Tyson right there when Robin Givens was giving him shit. And is that after he got beat? in in japan or was that before god i don't know i think that i think evander holyfield was his comeback and he was just so frustrated that why would you do that why would you bite someone (laughs) man he that's probably some mental illness or something (laughs) no mike tyson no Did you guys hear about the uh, what happened with Andy Reid's son? Yeah. No, uh, what happened? He, uh, I think it was Thursday night, so a few nights ago, he he got in a car crash. Oh, yeah, and the coach. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's the, he's, yeah. He's the linebackers coach, and he's Andy Reid's son. So um, he, they're suspecting he was like under the influence. Yeah, they said he smelled like alcohol. Yeah, yeah, he admitted at the scene of the car. He said, I take Adderall and I had two or three drinks. So yeah. there you go. So I feel like that's that's the last thing the Chiefs need is just anytime you like, especially coming to like coming up on the Super Bowl, like you don't want any kind of distraction. You know, you want to be laser focused on the game, on the game plan. So anything outside of that is just noise and distraction. And that's the last thing they need, especially Andy Reid, knowing that it's his son, you know. Yeah, because you don't want, you know, your mind to be somewhere else during, you know, the biggest game of the year. Were you guys suspicious when he said, "I take Adderall"? I mean, <laughs> were you immediately suspicious that he was padding that? Like, I know I'm going to come back positive for amphetamines. Hey, I take Adderall. <laughs> it's very rare to have adults prescribed Adderall. It's a kid drug, you know. Well, maybe he's trying to study. <laughs> I mean, there are adults who prescribe that. I take Adderall. And I think this is his second, like, um, DUI, so. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he was arrested for DUI and also um, brandishing a firearm at another motorist. (laughs) So that's his history. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's, uh, all, because he's still in the hospital. So he's not going to be at the game tomorrow. Did, has, do we know if the kid – so one of the kids that was injured had life-threatening injuries. So that's like the big – Yeah, I think they're still probably like in critical condition or something. Yeah. That'll be the last time he'll work for the Chiefs. I don't know, man. The NFL loves to – you could beat your wife half to death and take six months off. Come on back. <laughs> that's true. Well, I don't think that's that's a player, and that those players are exciting, and they make money. You know, they, they make, make money. Yeah, they bring true. money. I, I can go get a coach, and a linebackers coach, especially. Like, is there is there any other team in the NFL that you could name the linebackers coach? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but I think a big factor in this is that it's Andy Reid's son, so it's like the head, yeah. and you know everybody knows Andy Reid; he's the head coach. Yeah. So he's going to be – I'm pretty sure he's, those questions are going to be pretty tough for him. Yeah. Especially if they lose afterwards. Uh, that so, would be well, a press conference I'd avoid. <laughs> I don't think you can avoid. That's why Marshawn Lynch would always just go so he doesn't get fined. Yeah. You have to show up to those press conferences or else you get fined. Not say anything. He'd just sit there. <laughs> I know. I think if I may, what what's the fine on not going? Uh, it's probably like ten, fifteen thousand. Yeah, if I'm making fucking millions every year and miss five press conferences, I'm good. <laughs> but I think it like compounds to like maybe like first defense is like five, ten, uh-huh. and then it just increases after that. Because 
I mean, if that was the case, players would just avoid him after like a loss or something, you know, because they wouldn't want to answer the question. But it should be a really good game. I'm hoping at least it's a good game. They played during the regular season, and the Chiefs won. I think it was 24 to 27. Yeah, oh, they were they were blowing them out like the whole game, and the Bucks made like a late little comeback run. But they came up short. So yeah, Brady always makes those fucking fourth quarter. You know, we're down twenty. Yeah, always. It, but you know what, Mahomes is is just as dangerous in the end at the end of a game, and their their two minute offenses are fucking amazing. These are some amazing players right here. Yeah, that's the thing with the Chiefs. They they could score three touchdowns in seven minutes. You know, like they have that big playability that they could pull out at any time so that's what makes them really scary for teams that's why you know you never have to take your foot off the pedal yeah because i mean if you look at last year's game uh the niners were up like 10 points with you know less than half of the fourth quarter left and yep. they ended up losing so yeah so this is going to be a good game i i i'm kind of he wants to, Brady wants to play till he's 45 now i i, I don't think giselle's very happy about that <laughs> I read that story last year where she was like, he he doesn't help out around the house. It's like, well, if you're Tom Brady, you don't help out around the house, Giselle. Shut up. You should have people. <laughs> you got people for that. It's exactly. Well, he needs to help out with the kids. That's what she said. But he's now he's talking about playing until he's 45 because, you know, 43 was pretty damn good. Let's keep going. Well, they, that's always – he's he said that a few years ago that, you know, f- about 45 would be his – his limit, and they asked him because they have a media day leading up to the Super Bowl, and somebody asked him during that uh, media day if he would uh, consider playing past forty five, and he said that as of like that he he's thought about it more recently, and he said he would definitely consider it. So there you he go, might even go longer. And at this point, I think Giselle's like done, done trying to win that that war, <laughs> get him to retire because. If it was up to her, she, he would have retired like five years ago. So, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. But go ahead, Robert. Well, I, I, I just I'm kind of stuck on. Um, you said it's just a game, you know. So it's it's been hard for me since that moment to to stay focused because I, I I'm I'm thinking about that right. It's just a game. Yeah, but, but I think that. Um, that's kind of like saying, um, well, I mean, you could say it's just music when something's really deeply um, moving for you or, or you really get off on it. You know, it's just art, but it's right. not. It's something more. And, and I think football is, is kind of the same as that. And, and I think that if you were to, I mean, they've, they've studied, you know, dudes go through hormonal changes and it's just like that this deep connection. It's, it's weird. It's one directional. Obviously the football players have no idea who the hell I am. So it's this weird one directional bond I have with my team, but it's like, um, I think you could probably scientifically support that. Um, I mean, in the literal sense, it's just a game, but I'll bet you there's, um, a a mountain of evidence that, uh, that it's way more than that. Well, oh yeah, when I when I was talking about that, I kind of meant like when it came to like the celebrations and stuff. Oh yeah, a lot no, of people, I... a lot of people just want them to you know score and you know go back to the huddle or go back to the sideline, like show no emotion and you know sportsmanship and show class and all. And that's when I say like it's a game, like you're supposed to have fun, you're supposed to show emotion. Absolutely, like, absolutely. Condition. And I think that that when when teams don't celebrate, I almost think they're just kind of mind fucking the other team. Like yeah, it's no big deal. We're beating you. You know? Yeah, and then I think the situation also depends on it. if you're up like 30 points and you score a touchdown, and then you're over here like celebrating for like a minute straight on, that's their, on like, the on the logo in the middle of the field. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of a little, you know, you know, douchebaggery, but So, but you know, if it's like you know a close game going back and forth, you know, I. I don't mind celebrations at all. I like. I got to write that down because douchebaggery is definitely going in the title of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Does that have two G's? Do you think? Yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> there you go, douchebaggery. I got it. Nice. I think what Robert was talking about was 
my comment were it's just a game for me it's just a game i i could i could actually not watch football and be fine and as a matter of fact i when i was younger when i was in my 20s i bled black and gold i mean i was like a steeler fan i would i would throw down and you know do all celebrate the wins and cry with the losses and and worry during the trades and all that shit. I, I was I was psychologically and emotionally invested in football and I just drifted out of it and, and I've only started watching it again in the last five years. And uh, the funny thing is my wife has never liked football and now she's a, she, she's a Kansas City fan and that's fine. But to, to us, it's just a game. And it was funny how you talked about art and music because um i was a couple through about three years ago i I went to uh an art gallery and i was riding in the elevator and when the elevator door opened it opened onto a salvador dolly painting and i burst into tears so i'm emotionally invested in art and music and philosophy and things and i'm moved by art so i and I get it. Some people look at a, a Salvador Dali and they're like, uh, whatever. Right. <laughs> right. Or some people hear like a really tasty guitar lick and it's just, oh, that's cool. You know, but some people just go, oh, my God, did you hear that? You know? And- yeah. Because yeah, we can break it down. It's like, oh, man. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of people, especially in this country, are super invested in football. And that, that that's a cool thing, though. It is emotionally that's a really good thing that you you are invested in something and it moves you and you celebrate with it and you you know you grieve with it and that that makes i think that's part of what makes us human is those choices that we make absolutely yeah it brings good point. Us, like our passion you know we kind of reflect our passions into what we like and like you said you with music and art sports so I definitely think it's a good thing too, like you were saying. Yeah. So that that's an awesome point, Robert. Especially in these times, man. It's a healthy distraction. You need to, yeah, oh, distract you. Yeah. I think I'm just a very competitive person overall when it comes to pretty much anything. Like I remember um I used to work for uh the CPS department here in the county before I came over uh where we are now so i would help uh supervise like visits between parents and and their kids right and sometimes we would have a yeah it's definitely rough but it it really i liked it i really liked the work i felt like overall what we were trying to do i mean at the end of the day it's like reunification so the end goal is always good you know yeah but we would sometimes have these uh off because they had like visitation centers and sometimes they would have uh, off-site visits. So you could go uh, have a visit with the kids, you know, somewhere that you uh, designate or choose. And one time I supervised one at this, um, it was like an arcade. And it was a visit between uh, two brothers and their older brother. So it wasn't apparent. It was just like, a they were like teenagers and the older brother was like in his 20s. And so the brother wanted to take him to the arcade and they were playing like air hockey and the, these kids are like 12 and 13 and they they're like hey you want to play too and i was like no it's fine like you guys go ahead have fun um and then they're like no play like just play a game and like in my head as i was like starting to play this kid i was like i'm gonna fucking destroy this <laughs> <laughs> like if you think i'm gonna let you win there's no way i'm gonna let you win. <laughs> so like i'm just very competitive like just because you're the foster system don't think i'm taking it easy <laughs> on you dude like every four years i'll get super hardcore into like fucking swimming and like women's gymnastics when the olympics come on because it's like i don't know i just like competition dude i'm the same way um like i i my exercise routine is swimming and when i'm swimming if there's someone that's kind of the same i can tell they're the same endurance level as me and maybe they're going just a little faster than me i i have to speed up like i can't just swim my own laps I got to Yeah. And, and we play cards here. My, my wife and my brother comes over and my wife's son comes over and we, we play hearts and spades and I just get power torqued. If I lose, man, I'm like, 
slamming the table and 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 with cards like Robert or Bob, it really is just a game, you know. Right. I just whew, too too competitive. It's probably not healthy. <laughs> yeah. I, why why would it be unhealthy? It's it's you're you're flexing your emotions. That's all you're doing. I mean, yeah, if the Raiders like- were in the Super Bowl, I'd have to watch it somewhere else so that I didn't break my own TV when they lost. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's I, unhealthy. I, I hate like w- when the Patriots were in the Super Bowl. I always wanted to watch it like in my house on my couch, like by myself. Like I wasn't big on the whole like, hey, let's have a party and like, you know, during Super Bowl parties, you'll see people like stand up and like talk and. Yeah, I'm like laser focused on the game every single time. I'm like, with I you, dude. Less, I don't want company. I'll just yeah. be fucking sitting there with my hands all clammy and shit. I'm totally I with I would you. Get, I would get a because I have like my Apple Watch. I would get notifications. We'd be like, "Hey, we've noticed your heart rate is over 120, but <laughs> you're stationary. Are you okay?" Because they could tell when you're like just sitting there, you know, versus exercising. <laughs> No, you're just sitting down. Why is your heart rate so high? That's hilarious. You guys just don't want to, you don't want to like burst into tears in front of fucking people. That's all. Screaming and just be embarrassing yourself because you're acting like a fool. I remember one day, my father, uh, I don't know if you guys remember the Patriots Falcon Super Bowl a few years ago where they had that big old comeback. I saw that one at my friend's house that they had like this whole party and there was probably like, me and like two other Patriots fans, and then like everybody else was just rooting for the Falcons, uh, not because they liked them, but just because they hated the Patriots. And like the whole game, like they were just shitting on us. Like every time the Falcons would score, they were like get in our face and like, oh, Tom Brady fucking sucks. Like he's washed up, he's done, he's a bum, all this stuff. And then like by the end of the game, they were like completely silent. And it was, it was one of those instances where I was glad I was around people, especially what the they were like talking shit. Just so I could like see their, I didn't have to say anything. They just, they're blank stares. And <laughs> same like, thing happened off. to uh, Seattle, man. It like just gave it away. Yeah. Those you, and you kind of like, you always like remember where you were during like big plays like that. Or, you know, you'll like go back and like, damn, that was a good ass game. And like, oh, I was here doing this, doing that. So, yes. Overall, I think just sports are, is great for, for our sanity. So who do you think is going to win this weekend? If you're the, you're the Tom Brady fan, take your emotions out of it. Make a, make a, without my emotions, analytical prediction. Um, it's, it's a tough one, but if I had to edge, give the edge to somebody, I would say, um, the chiefs have it just because solely of Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Because if you look at the rest of the team, like defensive line, the Bucks have a better defensive line. Offensive line, the Bucks have a better offensive line. They do. Uh, offensive weapons, uh, you could say they're pretty close because I mean the Chiefs had Kelsey and uh, Tyreek Hill. Yeah, but, but the, the Bucks, Bucks are have, deeper. Yeah, they have you know Gronk, they have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Scotty Miller. They have a, and then the running game is better. They have uh, Leonard Fournette and, yeah. and Jones. So. Uh, yeah, I would have to a slight edge to the Chiefs, but you know, the Bucks are gonna have. I think whoever wins um, is gonna have to play a, like a perfect game. I kind of, I, think- um, I, I kind of also hope for Mahomes to. I mean, I'm not, definitely not a Chiefs fan, obviously, because I'm a Raiders fan. Um, but I think Patrick Mahomes. You know, for for so many years with black quarterbacks, we've heard, you know. This, their athleticism and the different things they do, it's just never going to translate to, it's really amazing to watch, but it's never going to translate to winning Super Bowls because what you really need is a pure pocket passer who can read defenses. And it's been kind of a weird, um, I think some of it is because of those, you know, some people have racist um, beliefs and they don't even know it, you know, like just that kind of undercurrent of racism. And I've always kind of felt bad for black quarterbacks because, you know, it, it's almost like this unspoken thing, like, well, they just can't read defenses and they can't learn to just be a pocket passer. And so Mahomes yeah. just kind of destroys all that. And to see him do it twice in a row, I think would put some of that to rest. Um, but at the same time, Brady, I'm just so, as much as 
I love to hate him. I'm just so amazed. I mean, this is his 10th Super Bowl. It's like unbelievable, you know, um, to go to 10 Super Bowls. And I think he's only been a starter for 20 years, right? So he's been to the Super Bowl half yeah. of the years he started. I mean, so I yeah. kind of almost want him to win just to – It's I'm really mixed with the game. I, I just – I hope it's just a great game. Yeah, me too. I, and I, I feel like it is going to be a great game. And like you said, they're both very different types of quarterbacks. Like Brady's like the – He's kind of like the dying breed of, you know, pocket passers and like these like pure, you know, just stay in the pocket, deliver the ball type quarterbacks. Whereas Mahomes is like the new era of like young, mobile, you know, could throw off their back leg across the field. Yeah, all the stuff you're not supposed to do. Exactly. And I think that's the best uh, like formula to have a good quarterback, that type of quarterback where you want. Uh, someone that could throw from the pocket, but isn't like like a Mike Vick or uh, uh, what's the dude from Baltimore? Lamar Jackson. Like they're electrifying, you know, uh, especially early on in their career. But as you get older, as you get slower, you kind of have to evolve into that, you know, pass it from the pocket and then run when you have to. And I think yeah. that's what Mahomes is. Like he's he's looking to pass first, but if it's not there, you know, he could take off for, like Big Ben was yards. like that, and uh, Aaron Rodgers was like that yeah, too. Aaron, They're just Aaron good Rodgers at like really slipping around in the pocket. And... Yeah, so yeah, I think Josh Allen. Don't forget Josh. Yeah, yeah, Josh he's a beast too, and so is that San Diego guy, Justin Herbert. There's some great quarterbacks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that pass first, but can take off if you have to. Type of quarterback is a uh, is the future of the NFL. There's starting to be some uh, media noise about um, the possibility of Deshaun to the Raiders. Oh, trading for uh, Derek Carr? Derek Carr and like four first round picks or something. Um, yeah, I think Deshaun Watson really wants to get out of Houston. They kind of... Yeah, I love that. Derek Carr, but I'm sorry. Pack your bags if Deshaun's coming. <laughs> I, was telling, I was telling one of my... I have a Raider friend and he like posted this like uh, Derek Carr post and I was like, man, that dude's about to get traded for Watson. <laughs> and he's, he's not like, nah... And I was like, Gruden doesn't like him. And, you know, if if he could have Watson, he'll take him in a heartbeat. He's like, if Gruden didn't like him, he would have he would have got rid of him already. Well, I mean, you could be in love with Derek Carr. Gruden, Gruden does. Like, Derek Carr had a great year, um, his stats. And it wasn't – I mean, they just gave up too many points every game. If he's going to score – he's going to average 30 points and still lose games. That's just – you know, it's not on him. But, I mean, you'd have to be crazy not to entertain – Deshaun, well, I don't care what team you are. I mean, um, Deshaun Watson is just—he's—he's uh, he's that next level, you know. Um, yeah, there's very few teams that would keep their current quarterback over Deshaun Watson. Yeah, it's a very small list. Yeah. So, but I, I mean, I hope that. he goes somewhere successful. I heard you said I have a Raider friend. You know, that—that <laughs> that just goes to—that just backs up that thought that people identify with football like i i don't really have a rembrandt friend you know right, right. <laughs> no it's true but it's you know like so like i, I grew up in, uh, sacramento and oakland so we had the oakland raiders and the san francisco 49ers um but the 49er games cost a lot more money to go to the traffic was worse and so my dad you know, from a very young age would take me to raider games so it's just this and that was way before the raiders were identified with gangster stuff and i mean that was just back in the days you you're a steeler fan uh bob so you know raider steelers in the late 70s and early 80s was like a quintessential um rivalry in the nfl just great hard fought games you know and, yeah. like and my, dallas pittsburgh those, yeah, games. Like those games unreal and in that era um my dad took me to games and it so it was really just it, you know, it just, it's, it, yeah, it's just deeply meaningful to me. Um, but it's funny because I do know that at the end of the day, it is just a game. And, and when I've tried to separate that and not get upset and not be so emotionally invested, I, I just can't. It just, you know, defies logic, I guess. No, you know what? If I go back, if I back up just a little bit, it, it's not. In a sense, it is just a game. Yeah, because you can take it or leave it. And 
but there is something about the things that we love that tie us to them. And I, I grew up 125 miles from Three Rivers Stadium. And when they tore it down, I cried. Yeah. Because <laughs> when, you, when you come out of the tunnel there at, at the Three Rivers, it, right there that, that stadium was. And it was, it was, it was there for all my life, and now it's gone. So I have deep ties to Pittsburgh. But like I said, I've grown away from it. So if they lose and people make fun of me, I'm like, ah, whatever. It's just a fucking game. But I do understand being, you know, what the fuck did you just say? (laughs) (laughs) But it wouldn't be any fun without the rivalries. You know, it it wouldn't be any fun if everybody loved the same team. Right. And that that's what makes it fun. But it's that good natured thing. When it turns violent, that's when it's not fun anymore. That's yeah, totally stupid. I never understood that either. Like I go to Dodger games a lot and and when there's Giants fans there and people start threatening them, I'm just like, What why this wouldn't be any if you're gonna have a hero, you have to have a villain. It's no fun yeah. if you don't hate the Giants. So leave people alone, you know? Right. <laughs> everybody every everybody needs a Hans Gruber in their diehard <laughs> life. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Brings out the best and the worst in people. So I, you guys, I, I'm going to have to, I, mine's a toss up. You, you say chiefs and you say bucks. I, I, I would give a slight, a t- I would give a slight edge to cheese, but like, like Robert said, that's without, you know, my emotions in it, but with my emotions in it, bucks a hundred percent. It's Tom Brady. You never well, against Tom Brady. I'm with the Bucks too because it's a it's like good natured rivalry we have in our house. My wife likes Kansas City, and I always I always make fun of her. I'm like, you just like Mahomes because he's cute. That's it. <laughs> has has she heard his voice though? Yeah, it's Kermit yeah. the Frog voice. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's he's got a half a billion dollar contract. He can have a Kermit the Frog voice. It doesn't matter. <laughs> No, but yeah, it's gonna it's gonna definitely be a good game. Um, if anything, I'm more excited for next year because next year the Bucks come to uh come to New England, so it's gonna be Brady's homecoming game. Ooh, and that'll that, be that, good. You know that you know that's gonna be prime time Sunday night football material right there. He's gonna, yeah, definitely. He's gonna smash New England. Oh, it depends who we have because I mean we're kind of in shambles right now. Patriots had a rough year between losing Brady. Uh, like half of our defense like opted out of the year because of COVID. They're terrible. They're terrible. I wouldn't say terrible. Like it's like the Giants are terrible. Dude, they're a bad team right now. There's terrible team. Part of that is the the Patriot way. I mean, they made so Brady made everybody better, and they had all these blue collar players that were good. You know, they were good and they were great role players, and it's just this huge blue collar team, and that's that's what what I kind of really respected about him but taking brady out of there i mean it just kind of exposed um that you know it's kind of how i see it anyway yeah he was definitely like the leader and like the heart and soul of that team and like people say he made everybody else around him better yeah um a lot of people like when they went to new england it wasn't so much oh to play for the patriots it was oh i want to play with tom brady you know yeah, yeah. well and he wanted gone. to play with great players i mean he, it's kind of that's kind of, to me. It's what's so great about him is, you know, he really did carry that for for most of those years. Some of the earlier years, um, like when they beat the Rams, they did have a lot of yeah. good players. But there were years when they, without him, they were nothing. It's kind of like LeBron winning a championship in Cleveland. I mean, it it was just him. It was, you know, LeBron a hundred opposing team 88 basically kinda, <laughs> like dang man this dude's doing it all and brady did that same thing you know yeah so we have we definitely have some work to do in this draft it's going to be huge and the players coming back next year should be huge should help us maybe you'll get to sean watson we, we just need a quarterback i don't know bill Belichick has this thing about paying top dollar for players that he just really doesn't do it so Good luck. I the Sean Watson's in his price range. That. Like, hey, I don't want to pay for the best employee, but I, <laughs> but I want to have a good company. But I just, you know, I want to just pay average and get some average guys, and I want it to be great. 
<laughs> so good luck. That, that's his, his business model, I guess. <laughs> I want a I mean, it, it worked, guy for seven bucks. Yeah. It worked, yeah. It worked for 20 plus years. So <laughs> it works for Kern County, I guess. Pay us peanut. I didn't say that, man. Don't, that, give, don't give us a, a cost of living raise for 13 years. We're fine. <laughs> I'm good. Good, man. Yeah. I'm good. I have a job. I'm I'm happy. See, I'm a Tom Brady. I'm cool. I got a job. It's cool. Hey, man. <laughs> I mean, I'm totally grateful cool. to have a job. I'd be cool, too, taking a pay cut if my wife made double my salary every year. Oh, heck yeah. Mm. I think my wife makes almost triple what I make, so that I'm good. <laughs> I'm I'm very happy. We are Tom Brady then. I my, am Tom Brady. Yeah. My mom always said, "Marry rich, you can learn to love." Well, I, I married I married uh, for her degree. She has you know she has a master's degree and she makes tons of money and loves her job. So there you go. I'm happy, man. I like her. Yeah, I do too. Stay away from her. Okay. <laughs> Oh man. What about um you said you swim? Did you say you swam for exercise? Yeah. I mean what the, you, the pandemic's kind of shut me down, but typically yeah, I was I, gonna say, what are you doing now? Because you can't Um, I'm doing a lot of bike riding and um I go to Planet Fitness and just just do cardio and stuff. I can't do a lot of lifting um because I have some some uh spine issues that i just always end up in pain and that's why swimming so perfect there's no impact um you really get the total body uh, so so my goal is always kind of skinny muscle you know the lighter i am the less my back hurts yeah um, so i try to just stay light um and it's really a bummer it's the hardest thing about the pandemic for me one of them anyways is no swimming because i i was swimming um five times a week and my light days were a mile my heavy days were two miles and i don't stop so it's just you know swim for a mile not fast just kind of a steady pace go for a mile at least that's awesome man how how old are you i'll be 50 in april fucking a boy i like that that's that's um that's inspiring i'm i'm 55 and i'm doing uh I'm doing Murphs every morning at, at six o'clock in the morning. You know what Murph is? Yeah, man, that's beastly. Yeah, except I can't run because I got in that car accident. And I have a bunch of pins and shit holding me together, so I can't run. So instead of running a mile, I do a hundred burpees. So, <laughs> so I'm doing a hundred burpees and three hundred squats and two hundred push-ups and a hundred pull-ups every fucking day. Wow. Yeah. Pat, what What are your sets when you're doing push-ups? What are you doing? 20s. Sets of 20. Yeah. Wow. So 10 sets of 20. 10 sets of 20. Are you are you mixing those? Are you mixing the exercise or are you just doing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have to because <clears throat> I did, when I first started doing Murphs, I started with 100 burpees and 300 squats. And it just, it, the repetition just, it hurts your body. Yeah. If you, especially if you're only... If you're doing it once, that's fine. But if you're doing it six times a week, that becomes an issue. And I was hurting myself. And right now I'm doing P90X on top of that. So <laughs> you guys were talking about being competitive. Man, I, I have my times written down and I'm 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 competing against myself every single fucking day, just trying to get faster, trying to get faster. And the cool thing about bodyweight exercises, when you start to lean down, yeah, you know, you're lifting less weights. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's inspiring to me. I think I'm going to try that. I, I think just burpees and push-ups. Yeah. And mix them mix them together and uh, absolutely, dude. It's body weight exercise is a way to go, especially during this pandemic because I was in the gym when I first started working uh at the county. I was in the gym every day at 5:15. And then my wife has um, some health issues. So when this shit happened, I, I can't, I, you know, out of respect for her, I'm not going to the gym. Yeah. Because I don't want to, I don't want to kill her. I kind of like her. She makes a lot of money. And um, 
<laughs> well, you know, that one payout of $100,000, that's not cool when she can make that much every year. So you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So- <laughs> doesn't make sense at all. But during the pandemic, I just switched over to bodyweight exercise and never stopped. Um, never stopped. When I grow up, I want to be like you guys. Well, how, how old are you, Francisco? Uh, right, I'm 26. Oh, my God. Oh, that hurts. No, dude, this is <laughs> awesome, Robert. This has been an awesome podcast because I have that, you know, I have that age on me. It has that wisdom. I've seen things and experienced a lot. And, and Francisco has that youth about him. It's been, this podcast has been perfect. We've gotten so much uh, positive feedback. I didn't know if it would work or not, but this, this thing has, has turned into, we're on Pandora radio. We're on Apple now, Apple podcasts. We're, we're up and down it up and down the line. And, Everybody seems to love us, and it's really been a, a cool thing having this multi generational thing. I think it's awesome. I've never been the type of person that um, could just put myself out there like that. So, yeah, I respect that, that makes two of us. So, I remember when I pitched it to Robert, I was like, I had that text like typed up for like a good hour and a half. <laughs> I just need to press send. <laughs> so, I was the same. I was a little cautious about it, but I think over time you kind of just get used to it. And and I mean, it's not like we're talking to people, you know, like live that you can't see like all these people listening to you. Like after right. get, doing it for a while, it's just like, oh, you're just talking to one other person or two other people. And then you kind of just, I try to block everything else out after that. But you say you had that text written for an hour and a half. Would it take me like eight seconds to get back <laughs> like, to you? Yeah, I'm down. Yeah, sure, I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I feel like I kind of took the opposite approach of you guys during this pandemic, where you guys got all like, you know, work out and like stay healthy. I did like the most nerdiest. I, or I got into like the most nerdiest of things you could get into, which I never thought I would. But I'm like really, I wouldn't say super passionate about it, but I like. I like doing it and I'm very like interested in it is um, like PC, like building. Oh, wow. So like I, I didn't build it. I bought my PC, but like I've upgraded it and like, I like know pretty much like how to build one from the ground up now. Whereas, you know, if you asked me that, you know, last January, I'd be like, what the hell is that? So I think a lot of people took up a, a lot of different, uh, projects or like hobbies during this pandemic because i mean we really didn't have any other choice yeah well i think we a lot of people did have a choice francisco and they didn't they didn't do shit they they're just it's like everything shut down around them and so they shut down with it a lot of people love it a lot of people are like wait so all i have to do is watch tv and yeah stay home and i can help people be safe i'm in well, I went, I went, I, but I've always been competitive. This for the last, I'm on this 90 day thing. Now I'm, I'm sure you guys read the blogs that I'm writing. So I, I'm on this 90, I call it a 90 day life change challenge. And it has, it has the Murph and, and P90X. And I, I do a five minute plank every day. I play guitar every day. Now I meditate for 20, 20 minutes. I'm writing a blog every day. I fast every day. I don't take any drugs, no alcohol. It's this list I go through every single day, and I'm seeing these weird fucking changes in my life. It feels like I'm – I talked to Robert about it the other day. It feels like I'm changing my fucking brain here, and my life has been – my life is, has improved so much to the point it's shocking of what I've done. And I was talking to a coworker in the, the, the hallway the other day and he's like, man, I can't wait to get back to work so we can, I can begin to focus again. And I'm like, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> Is there some way I could just do this? <laughs> like, did you guys that. ever read about those employees at Twitter where, um, you know, when it first started, they kind of, you know, they started working from home 
and then Twitter realized like, oh shit, like they do the same work at home that they do here in the in the office. So they offered any employee that wanted to just permanently work from home uh, could do so. Oh man, I would. And then they say they save money on like office space, so I feel like it's a win-win. Yeah, definitely. I would definitely jump at that if I could find a job that I could do from here. Yeah, I'm definitely in. Well, I think um, I think the way we're doing it right now, where you're at home some days, is going to go another year. Yeah, do you think? Yeah, man. All the uh, all the. Even with the the vaccine rollout, even with the vaccine, because all these variants of the virus are are popping up, and you know that viruses. Um, <clears throat> if if we if we if we did a real lockdown, if everybody just didn't go anywhere for two or three weeks, we we could kill it. It just die because it needs it has to move. It's the only way it can survive. Um, but we're not going to do that, and so. It keeps spreading, and then viruses are really smart. It keeps mutating. Um, I, I really think it's. I mean, I I don't know. I kind of. Um, my ex wife is a respiratory therapist, and she was really into viruses and studying them, and and in in the context of kind of apocalypse settings, you know, like super viruses that are just gonna really wipe out huge huge portions of humanity and she she thinks it's a matter of when not if and and so in that time i was kind of learning how viruses behave and i really think this one is just going to kind of be part of the landscape now it's just going to be a new cause of death in america it's not really going to go away we might have to start vaccinated for this every year there's going to be covid 20 covid 21 it's just going to go on and on yeah i it almost feels like viruses are almost conscious the way they they adapt and move and if if you bring up a vaccine it's like they they almost outfox you they do they're like like did you guys see the matrix uh definitely and matrix fives come or fours coming dude well remember um <laughs> yeah about I'm a nerd. humans are the virus and yeah we, we behave just like a virus we we use up all the resources and we kill an area and then we just move to a new area and, and yep. do it again. Like we're the virus, the planets, the organism. And just like a virus, we're too stupid to, to keep our host alive. We're just going to go <laughs> until the host is dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are pretty stupid. I guess. Whatever. What are you going to do about it? You know? Stop eating meat. Oh, no, we're not talking about this. <laughs> That's not this podcast. Sorry. That's not this podcast. Right. No, we don't want to go there because, right. you know, <clears throat> and you especially don't want to go there because I'll go towards the whole food plant based thing and I'll blow your fucking Amy shit out of the water. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> are you a, a vegetarian, Robert? Or um, I'm, I am mostly vegan. I'm like 99% vegan. I, I cheat here and there. Oh, okay. So, but, but I, I'm not as, um, healthy about it as Bob. I, he only eats whole foods, like real food. I, I do eat packaged foods and like Skittles are vegan. I don't know if you knew that, Bob, but <laughs> Skittles are totally vegan. So. Yay. So are sweet tarts and I don't yeah. go there either. Yeah. No, don't do that. I've been a whole food, a whole food plant-based vegan for uh, over over a year and i've been a vegan for almost three now I, awesome. I started out i started out vegetarian or i started out meat eater went to pescatarianism stepped up to vegetarian stepped up to vegan stepped up to whole food plant-based so it's it's a it's one of those things where you know people are like man i I wish I could be a vegan. It's like, well, you can, but you have to work your way to it. You can't just say, I'm going to put this steak down for lunch and t- and uh, tonight we're going to eat beans. Yeah. Vegan. <laughs> it doesn't work like boom, that. Vegan. What did you yeah. say, Francisco? I said, boom, vegan. Boom. Boom. Yeah, vegan. I kind of did that, though. I watched um, that documentary on Netflix, um, Cowspiracy. 
And I was just so appalled. And then I was Googling, like, is all this true? And pretty much undeniably, um, and I was so, it really floored me. It really affected me profoundly. And um, I stopped eating meat that, like, right then. Um, and I was still partaking in cheese a little bit, but now I don't eat that crap anymore either. But, uh, yeah, it was pretty, pretty overnight um, profound wow. change from, from getting that information. Yeah, I I watched uh, What the Health, and I jumped to pescatarianism that day. Yeah, it's hard to so. take in all that information, and that's why people I try to get to watch that stuff they don't want to watch it because they know. I mean, what do you if you get the information and then you don't do anything? Um, well, that's not this podcast, though. Sorry. Well, I can go there. It okay. doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I hate to be on the soapbox. I don't want to get on the soapbox about veganism. My, my dad always tells me if, if you have a problem and you also have the solution to that problem and you still have that problem, then you're just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Your dad's a beautiful human being, man. I like Definitely. That. Definitely. I love that. Because so, my dad, he's a, he's a lot like you guys. He's super – he had like a health scare like a few years ago. And like ever since then, he's like – completely like changed his life around he's like lost so much weight where people come up to him that haven't seen him in a while and they'll be like are you sick like are you okay he's oh, like yeah, yeah i've just been eating like hella good he's lost like <laughs> hella isn't weight. that funny in america like if you get thin people think you have cancer <laughs> <laughs> like there's no way you could be thin no yeah, i feel good those questions too people be like are you is something going on are you sick no i just lost 25 pounds you know yeah i lost 40 in my first, in my first uh, stint as as a health nut, I I don't understand. I, I actually wrote a blog about this a couple last week sometime. I I got on this health kick when I worked for a, a company and I lost forty pounds and I was riding my bike to work fourteen miles, you know, seven miles one way. So I was riding fourteen miles a day. I I went from complete like sitting around getting sick more or less to jumping into health. And people would ask me all the time. I was like, what are you doing? And so I had this guy that, that I worked with one of the top brass management. And he came to me and he said, doctor told me I'm pre pre diabetic. I need some help. And I said, well, the first thing you need to do is just clean up your diet. And, and it was early in the game for me. I didn't know how to tell people to clean up their diet you know, it was basically to to me like you, Robert. I, I saw a documentary; it was unrefutable, and I was like, "Well, I got to do this." I made that decision. So he put down the candy and the cookies and the cakes for about two days, and then he would hide in his office and eat it until he became a, a full blown fucking needle diabetic. And I don't understand why people. Like, like your dad says, if you have the fucking problem and you have the solution and you don't use it and you still have the problem, then you're fucking stupid. I, and I hate to put it like that because I like to be more positive about it and say, okay, you're an addict or you're just weak or you're not convinced. But when someone says you're going to die and you don't change, that's stupidity. Yeah, <laughs> I guess it's hard to call it anything else. Well, yeah, it you know, addiction is a bitch. And hey, guys, I'm on day 20. I'm on day 27. I haven't had a I haven't had a drink in 27 days. This is my friend. Lalo, this is my first podcast where I'm not getting fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I haven't had a drink been. since October 11th, 2017. Right on, brother. Right on. So healthy. I haven't had a drink since like last week. <laughs> <laughs> and that's cool, man. And, and I would never presume to, you know, I mean, you're 26 and you're probably not an alcoholic. So <laughs> no, no. I, I'm more of like a quote unquote, like social drinker, I guess. Yeah, but at the same time, also I have this. I don't know if it has anything to do with it, but I have this weird like thing where every time I'm out, like if I go out to like uh, 
you know, like before COVID, like if I went out for like drinks or like dinner or, you know, parties and stuff like that. I have this thing where I always want to come back to sleep, like in my own bed, in my home. So when people are like, um, if I go out and I like stop drinking because, you know, I want to sober up. And they're like, oh, just stay here the night. I was like, nah. <laughs> I have this thing. I have to go sleep back in my bed. So I'll like, I'll, I'll know, since I know that, I'll like stop drinking like pretty early on. And like sober up, eat like fucking like carb up, absorb all that shit. So by the time I leave, I'm yeah. like, you're definitely not an alcoholic. Yeah, I can't relate with that at all. Can't relate with that because it'll be like, hey, man, you want to stay here for the night? And like you, Lalo, I wanted to go home and sleep in my own bed. But if I could get my key in the ignition, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, and, and I'll, I'll drink like all, like, I don't like not to drink, but it's not like a necessity for me. It's not any fun not drinking. And I don't. I mean, I'm proud of myself. They, I, I haven't gone 27 days in, fuck, I don't know for how long, but I don't plan on returning this time. I, I lose control of myself, and that's it is what it is. So I understand when you can't. I understand when you can't control it. You have to stop doing it. So if you are turning into a diabetic and you can't cut down on the candy and you have to cut it out completely. That's what you have to do. And if you have to cut it out of your life, like surgery, then that's what you have to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, The best definition of an addict that I've heard is someone who continues to do whatever it is, despite negative consequences. There you go. Yeah. I mean, if it's, yeah. Yeah. It just makes perfect sense to me. And that's that's how I drank. I had all kinds of negative. You know, it goes from fun to fun with problems to just problems. <laughs> <laughs> well, I jumped out when it was fun with problems. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about that. I got control myself. Nice. Was it, was it Einstein who said, if uh, you, you repeat the same behaviors and expect a different result, that's stupidity? <laughs> It, is that, was that Einstein? I've heard that in so many different like forums. Yeah, I think it was him. But no matter who the fuck said it, it's true. If you keep doing <laughs> the same behaviors and expect a different result, you're not thinking things through at all. I mean, tell, tell that to the people that win the lottery. <laughs> yeah, they all go off the rails, don't they? I, was, I still like the opportunity, though. Oh, definitely. Give me... If you want to hand me thirty million dollars, I'll I'll behave. I promise, yeah, man. I'll beat the statistics. And if yeah. Elon Musk <laughs> is listening to this, dude, seriously, <laughs> I'll be good. No <laughs> All right, gentlemen, I have been fasting for eighteen hours, and it's time to end this motherfucker because I'm hungry. All right. All right. You guys <laughs> invite beautiful. me back when we talk about. Uh... I don't know why capitalism is the root of all evil. Yeah. Yeah. I want to get in on that. And don't forget that tomorrow the churches in California are reopen again. So you can go worship with the Lord and get COVID. Hey, before you go, man, before you go, I was invited to church a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And I did go and, (gasps) but it was very distant and I wore my mask like I always do, but, but the people like I, it just cemented why I don't go to church because in that sermon, I heard about the far radical left. I heard about the sin of homosexuality and transgender. I heard about um, abortion. Getting it all in. And I, and I even heard that um, in Bakersfield, men are unwittingly having sex with demons and creating, I think he called them neophims or something. He had some word for the monstrous, you know, babies that we're making by having sex with female demons right here in Bakersfield. Right here. Like a church and more like a cult. Yeah. But I mean, this is just mainstream um, American Christian culture. Every day Sunday service. This is the biggest church in Bakersfield, man. So. Yeah. But do they believe that the Jews are using space lasers to start fires? (laughs) I'll have to maybe if I go back, they'll talk. Maybe about if you that. ask them in private, they'll they'll say yes. <laughs> well, 
definitely, Robert, you definitely got to come back, Holmes. Because, cool. yeah, it's been it's been great. So you ready to close it up, guys? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Here we go, Lalo. This has been a different kind of podcast, sports and douchebaggery and exercise, <laughs> art, philosophy. Loved it, man. Loved it. So this has been Robert. San Francisco. And I'm Bob. No, no sorry. So the, let's got to do that again, man. This has been Bob. San <laughs> Francisco. And, and Robert. Robert. All right, man. Excellent. So just remember, everything you heard today, no matter it be about church, art, football, religion, doesn't matter. We're all probably thoroughly fucking wrong. See you next time. <laughs>You have been listening to The Thoroughly Wrong Project with your hosts, Francisco and Robert. If you enjoyed today's show, like, follow, leave a comment, and then look in the description where you'll find our website, Instagram, and Twitter feeds. Until next time, thanks for listening. And just remember, never be afraid to be thoroughly wrong.